Hello everyone and welcome to DCOM Central, where two childhood best friends review, reflect, and poke fun at the Disney Channel original movies that they grew up with, and maybe more recent ones, but who knows how far we'll go. So Michael, with High School Musical under our belt, I wanted to stay in this time frame for just a little longer with you. Yeah, you know, we've been spoiled for so long, we've got to ease our way back into some of the ones that we missed. Yeah, and you know... I especially wanted to stay in this time frame after listening to all those L.A. and A.J. songs constantly appearing in DCOMs we reviewed. I just needed more. So here we are today doing Allie's first DCOM and, well, first movie ever. Now you see it, dot, dot, dot. Yes, now you see it. The, the three dots are very important. Largely slept on, but very important. Yes. So, Michael, have you seen this movie that released at January 14th, 2005? Now, Kelly, you know, I was going to save this for the end, but I'm I'm just going to say it right now. There has never been a more drastic and stark difference in my memory of a movie and the actual quality of the movie than there was for this one. <laughs> um, Yeah, I've seen this movie and I remember liking it a lot back in the day. Well, okay. <laughs> I did see this movie a few times as a kid. Not recently. So I didn't remember... A- much of it but i did remember ali was in it and i enjoyed her yeah so i I liked her in this movie but honestly like i don't know when i saw this movie but i know i saw it quite a few times but there there was a certain point after you know ali's other movie with her sister aj if you're not familiar uh cowbells you know that one yes after that movie came out for some reason this movie got relabeled in my head as oh yeah that's that movie with that girl from cowbells so (laughs) (laughs) If that explains my feelings of it in the past. Gotcha. That happens. You forget when things come out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would really like to hear your summary after you've uh, rewatched it. Yeah, well, you know what, Kelly? A magician never reveals his secrets, but a TV crew leaves nothing to the imagination. And now you see it, we follow young magician Danny coming to terms with his magical prowess and aspiring TV mogul Allison trying to make her big break. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, let's just go see what kinds of tricks these two kids get up to while we watch Now You See It, dot, dot, dot. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was very important that you included those dot, dot, dots. The dots are important, people. Don't forget them. <laughs> it uh, adds more illusion to the title. Yeah, it makes it more mysterious. Makes you feel like you're, you're, you're on edge. But yes, you brought up some key points in that summary that... This was all like a TV show because Allie was like a TV producer. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. You know, was it to the benefit or the detriment of the story? I don't know. Hmm. But uh, definitely to the benefit of this podcast, I will give you some fun facts. I love the fun facts. Hit me with them. So this is the 54th DCOM. It was filmed in New Orleans, Louisiana. Ooh, really switching it up. Yeah, we haven't been there in a while. Very mystical location for a very magical movie. Yes, and I don't remember them ever specifically saying where they were in the story. Nah, sure not. Uh, but you could definitely see the New Orleans trolleys. Well, Danny's from, from Florida. Danny's definitely from Florida. I don't know where everyone else is from or where they say they're filming, but he's from Florida. I think they said he's from Pensacola. Okay, so not too far from New Orleans. No. And... A large portion of this movie was filmed in an abandoned bank in New Orleans, and the crew had to evacuate the Louisiana set because of Hurricane Ivan. 
Ooh. The only magic tricks that were not actually performed by the cast were the ones involving generated special effects, you know, such as like the floating card trick that, that Max uses to rate the first trick the students perform. As we mentioned, the main girl, Allison Miller, is Allie from Allie and AJ. And although it was like her first decom, her first role was in Phil of the Future, which is how I know her and love that show. Yep. And Danny Sinclair is played by Johnny Packard, who is also in a show with Corbin Blue called Flight 29 Down, which is a oh, book boy. you read and gave to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was... That's another thing. It, remember, we talked about uh, in High School Musical two. That was on a we it it aired the day we came back from a Naples trip. Flight twenty nine down. We used we watched it on a Naples trip. I just remember that vividly. Book was good. TV show not so great. Yeah, I remember the TV show was very weird. I mean, how do you make a kids show out of a um, aircraft disaster and kids stranded on a desert island? <laughs> it, it, it was. It should not have been a kids show. No, very mature themes in that one. Yeah, I like the book better. Book, very good. Got it from a book fair. Scholastic book fair. Yeah, classic. With all that said and done, let's dive into this plot. Let's. We begin with the force freeze frame clips from the movie of magician Danny Sinclair because they couldn't be bothered to take new photos. Like, these are all, I can remember all these being like screen grabs of the movie. And they're not even good pictures of them, too. No. Just take new photos. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. The female lead, Allison, narrates over the photos, saying the rumors have been out of control since the final competition. What would have made this opening sequence a lot better and less decom heavy would be to replace the freeze frames with found footage of Danny or maybe him just doing magic from afar. Like, anything but freeze frames. But that would have been pretty... That would have been a lot better. Yeah, I mean... It may, it may, that may have fixed the whole uh, found footage aspect of this movie for me because honestly, there, there's some sequences in this movie with the found footage style that I just couldn't stand. So maybe if they put it to actual use, it would be fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Allison says, Some say Danny ran away, that he's in hiding. Others think he never existed. But believe me, he is real. Okay, Ali, I want to believe you, because if you're saying the main character never existed, then that's rather weird, especially for a decom. It's like a little too much. Some sort of psychological sort of movie, then, <laughs> yeah. if it was all a figment of her imagination. Yeah, too, too heavy for a decom. Definitely. We cut to Allison herself now continuing her narration, saying she was there, and some of what she witnessed was pretty terrifying. So terrifying, in fact, that she needs to cuddle her teddy bear during this interview. Allison still doesn't know what happened, but the camera zooms out, zooms out to reveal more of her bedroom as she walks over to her 2005 computer and giant attachment webcam to say she knows Danny existed, and he is unlike anyone you've ever met. <laughs> the camera gets closer to her sitting by the computer, and you can see her sitting at, at her desk on her computer by some other camera that's not her webcam. So that was a little weird. You've got some crazy technology going on for, what was it, 2004? Five. She's about to show us something that was never, ever meant to be seen. Ooh. Exclusive. Michael, terrible freeze frame aside, this opening has to get you hooked. It's unlike anything we've ever seen so far for a decom opener. 
And like it's like a true crime documentary style opener. I'll give it that. I'll give it that it's different. Yeah, interesting that it was different. Um, again, would have been better with like found footage. I just wish it tied more into the movie. Gotcha. As Allison walks down the street of an unknown city, because I because I like they never really revealed they were in New Orleans in the story wise, unless I just missed it. Allison informs us that she was hired to be a producer on a new reality TV show. As she sits in a room of other teens, Miss McAllister announces the show will be the first show in history to be produced entirely by kids. Oh, it's teenagers. Pretty pretty big deal for them. Yeah, but only those who discover the three final magicians will stay for the finale. So, I mean, that's a really cool concept, I think, that the, the, these teenagers are able to do this project. Yeah, definitely. I think in concept, that's a pretty cool uh, cool idea for like, it definitely would have fit on like the Nickelodeon channels of the world, you know? Yeah. Allison is so excited, she jumps out of her seat while some of the other teens don't seem very impressed with her. Must be because she's a bit of a teacher's pet, as she's able to answer the teacher's question and quote her from an interview years back. Well, at least she comes prepared. My God, she's the worst kind of classmate. I actually don't. I disagree. The worst kind of classmate's the lazy one. I mean, good for her. Good for her. She's going places. The amazing world-renowned magician Mystic Max is revealed to be the host of the show, and the contestants are 100 kids from 10 to 16 who found a hidden image in the advertisement poster. Only 100 kids found it? 101, I guess, because Allison found it herself, and she has to give a lengthy explanation on how she found it, as everyone else just seems annoyed. She is very clever. Yeah, amateur detective by night as well, you know? Mm-hmm, investigative reporter. And this is before the age of widespread uh, internet, Kelly, so once someone found it out, it's not like the whole world knew. Yeah, that is true. We cut back to Allison talking to, her ca- talking to a camera in her bedroom, addressing her seeming like a know-it-all and stating that it's not my fault people ask me questions and I have answers. I mean, that is true. If, you, if they asked a question, why would she not respond? That is very true. She goes off on a little rant and then is like, whoa, what got me off on that rant? Wait a sec. Like, whoa. You caught me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Good one. Wait a sec. Danny's a story here and we go back into the story here. So everyone was divided into teams on the show. Each team has had a kid producer, kid camera person, and adult mentor. Again, this is really sounding great. And I wish this, this was a real thing because that would have been really fun for me to do. For sure. We get more of a docu-style montage as Allison's team looks for the perfect contestant from the region. Starting with a kid who can't seem to get out of his strain jacket to another kid who accidentally gets egg all over Allie. They don't seem to be finding the right kid magician here. All right, let's just pause. Let's just pause. All right, egg kid? First of all, I think I need to make a new tier list. I know I'm working on the decom dad tier list, but I'm going to start a new one for the biggest god dang dunce in the decom universe how did he not see that he left the cake behind and then just proceed to throw a hat full of beaten eggs onto her head this kid is nuts you know people get really nervous when they're in front of the camera he didn't look nervous he looked aloof decom (laughs) they were all very annoying i hated him and very young yeah they all kind of were i like the straight jacket kid just because he, he you know he was trying he really tried and then with the there was the the girl with the glasses with, with the card trick and I'm like you have a chance to go on 
this huge crazy TV show, and the most impressive trick you have is a card trick? My favorite was the girl with the rings. She was funny because, you know, even I know how the rings work, and she just had to look at it a little bit harder to get it to work, but her <laughs> she resorted to just stomping on it on the floor. That was the favorite part. Wild. Cut back to Allison's bedroom interview as she describes her contestants as impressively pathetic. She really needs this to work out or her career will be over before it even started. Rather short-lived. Well, good, <laughs> good thing Danny was her last hope. Good old Danny boy. As the team unpacks the car in front of Danny's house, it looks like they had the camera just sitting in the trunk without its case. That's stupid. Dangerous. More like it. Yeah. Then you get a shot of the adult mentor, Paul, locking the car so you know it's locked when they walk away. As Danny watches from the upstairs window. Important. That's that's the Chekhov's gun. Mm-hmm. Danny's excited parents let them in, and the team walks into Danny's room as he is blowing up a large balloon. Danny pops a balloon, and, and a dove does not fly out. It seems like he is another one of those impressively pathetic kids. He fails quite a few more times, and Allison tries to offer some help, but he yells at her to back off and give him another chance. Oof. Danny's really stressed. Danny and Allison both agree that they are each other's last chance. So, we get a bunch more failed attempts from Danny with his balloon, but he does come up with a feather in one try. That's pretty impressive. He's already doing better than some of the other kids. I mean, yeah, he is. He's just uh, pretty upset. Kids got lungs of steel. Put him on TV just for that. Blowing up all those balloons. Oh, goodness, yeah. The team leaves as Danny begs them to stay. Downstairs, Paul unlocks a trunk and out fly a ton of doves. Danny looks out from his window, very confused. Yeah, he's got a very interesting face here. Allison, in her interview, corrects me by saying she saw fear in his reaction. Oh, I wouldn't call it fear. I'd say it's like an Owen Wilson pucker face. Hmm, okay. And then he just wow. runs away from the window. <laughs> In the next scene, Mystic Max watches the tape, agreeing it is impressive, but Hunter watching along isn't convinced. He believes Allison and the Danny kid worked the whole thing out ahead of time. However, colluding with the contestants is forbidden, and Allison isn't like that. Paul chimes in, saying Danny is the real deal, and bam, he's in. Nice. Good for him. Cut to the New Orleans trolley, where Danny and Allison are riding in with other teams. Allison can't seem to stop talking about acts and costumes. Another contestant, Brandon, interrupts her to show her a car trick where her car jumps. Danny one-ups him, though, by throwing the deck of cards at the window, while Allison's card gets stuck to the window. More impressively, it's stuck to the outside of the window. Brandon seems so confused, but shouldn't he be more believing since he, too, studies the fine arts of wizardry? I've only ever seen this done like on movies, but I gotta say if I ever did see it in, in person, like my mind would be absolutely blown. But also when when I got the shot of the 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 bus, I was a little confused because like I didn't see any windows on trolley. it. The trolley. I didn't see any windows on it as they were driving by, but then all of a sudden there were windows when we were inside. It was it was I was I was a little confused. But yeah, I, I wanna see that magic trick in person. I'd freak out. <laughs> yeah. At the mansion, Mystic Max informs the contestants that they can use pretty much everything there. Every prop, illusion, whatever you need, kids. 
He then lets everyone know that they can find their room keys in their pockets. Except Danny's that he conjures in his hand. Aren't these, like, incredibly ornate room keys, too? Yeah, they're so old. Now when you go to Disney, you get your magic band. Yeah. Allison walks Danny to his room, insisting that they are going to be inseparable, but Danny's getting really agitated. He tries to escape to his room to take care of his business that he won't reveal to Allison, and she holds the door open, saying he's not getting it, because everything about him is her business. She continues to say that the most charismatic and ones with the heartbreaking story that they had to overcome to get here usually get the most screen time. He says the only heartbreaking obstacle in his life is her. Oof. <laughs> that was a good one, Danny. <laughs> oh, man. He slams the door in her face with an old-fashioned go team go. <laughs> she bangs on his door and he promises to win this if she leaves him alone. It's a good promise. I mean, he's being pretty rude to her here and I don't understand why uh, to begin with. But I think they're both in the wrong because she's just being way overbearing and it's clear that he doesn't want any part of it, but he doesn't have to be that rude to her. And I don't know why. That's my, a big problem I have with the Danny character. He's he's just overly brooding. He's like Batman without the cape, you know? Yeah, that annoyed me too, that he was just, he didn't need to be that mean and she didn't need to be that overbearing. Yeah. Cut back to interview Allison, who is still frustrated with Danny, but declares he was a puzzle to be solved. Well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess she really likes just figuring things out. I don't know. She likes a thing to fix. I think he's just a guy who is annoyed with her. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. I solved it for you. Hmm. Back to the mansion where Mystic Max is announcing the first challenge. It involves a basketball, a rope, a broom, a 10-gallon aquarium, and a bed sheet. The contestants have 30 minutes to create an illusion with any or all of these objects. This should be fun. Allison goes over to Danny, interrupting his concentration, and he says he should never have come in the first place, especially if he knew he'd end up with her. Again, just being super rude. Overly, overly rude. Jeez Louise, man. Allison really never seems to take a hint, though, because she insists on knowing what this is really about. Stage fright, hitting the cameras. Doesn't ever seem to understand that she just doesn't care that much and she cares too much. But Danny says it's, it's uh, none of the things she suggested. And Allison says she just wants to help him and her and Cedric, the cameraman, are his friends. The camera pants at Cedric holding his camera while seemingly asleep or hypnotized by the Fraser spiral illusion in the background. That was funny. That was probably one of my favorite jokes in this movie. <laughs> Now it's time to see the intro of the magic show where Mystic Max reveals there are three contestants and seven days left, but only one winner. Who will be the world's greatest kid magician? I really, they should just say teen at this point. They're all teens. Now, Michael, we couldn't have a, an Alley movie without an Alley and AJ song. Do you believe in magic starts playing from their debut album, Into the Rush? And when I heard this song playing, I had to pause the movie and listen to the full version because I loved Allie and AJ's music so much I mean I still I still love the old songs yeah when this song came in it like it just brought back all my memories of old Disney Channel and uh, I this was probably my favorite scene in the movie because of that just having like something about like they yeah. they realized something around this time on Disney Channel that they just need some good songs to get people to want to watch these movies and this was the one for this one I agree it, yeah, the song really did like bring me back. I was like, whoa, this is me watching Disney Channel. Exactly. Like, this is Disney Channel to me. 
Absolutely. So the contestants start using their props to perform, and since we can't exactly keep cutting back to Allison's interviews right now, we get a sprinkle of her opinion through voiceover narration. More voiceover in these movies. They'll never stop. I don't know. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Oh, well, uh, I, I digress. It's a, it's a easy cheat to do in a movie. Yeah, definitely. Danny's up now, and he says he's going to make everything disappear with the bed sheet. Hunter chimes in, saying he doesn't have a snowball's chance. Is that some, like, 2005 lingo that I've never heard of? Uh, the, the full phrase is, I believe, not a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, but that's a bit too uh, mature for Disney Channel. Oh, you see, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying... A snowball's chance? Like, what? What does that mean? Yeah, you don't have a snowball's chance. No. Come on, buddy. It's a Disney Channel. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> was that like, like, was like only adults supposed to get that reference? They couldn't have come up with something better? I don't know. Well, instead of making things disappear, Danny actually has a basketball on a rope attached to the broom standing on the fish tank full of snow. Yeah, it's real snow. Yeah, Danny once again looks confused and realizes it's real snow, and then he throws the snowball at Hunter. I guess he did have a snowball's chance. Danny's signature look of confusion. Maybe Danny shouldn't act so confused in front of everyone and should try to play it cool when this happens. I don't know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, definitely should have played it cool. Hunter complains because snow was not one of the five objects they were allowed to use. And Mystic Max agrees and grades Danny a 3 out of 10. Lame, but All right. yeah, rules are rules when you're on a game show. Just Got him on a technicality, but Danny's got to get better at thinking on the fly. You know, I, like he could have been like, oh, I said I'd make it disappear. And I did make it disappear. <laughs> All the objects disappeared and a tetherball appeared. You know, like he could have he could have done something there. But no, he, he just was just as dumbfounded as everyone else around him was. Yeah, it, just, it continues to make him look bad. Mm-hmm. Brandon's up next and requests an assistant. Mystic Max insists he uses Danny because he's already there. Brandon isn't happy about this choice, but allows it anyway. He makes Danny hold up the sheet to block him from the audience, and in the middle of his announcement, Brandon disappears. Danny drops the sheet confused yet again. Mystic Max looks intrigued, and suddenly Brandon is screaming from the other side of the stage as he is being spun around on a spin wheel thingy while holding the broom. He earns himself a score of 10, but the spin wheel was not one of the props. What the heck, Michael? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, you know, they're playing fast and loose with the rules here, Kelly. I, I don't like it. This competition is not up to my standards. He held one prop in his hand. Oh, 10. Score of 10. While he's being spun by a non-prop. Danny adds some frozen water, and he's got a three. If you ask me, this, thing, this whole thing is rigged. Yeah, I think it is. Maybe. Maybe. As Danny walks away, Allison storms after him, demanding to know what's going on. And, well, demanding to help him. Danny isn't interested, though, and wants to work it out himself. But honestly, I, I think if given the chance, Allison could figure this out. She has the passion, drive, and brains to do it. But Danny just finds her annoying because she comes off too strong. So he just does not want her help ever. They could have figured this out a lot sooner if he just accepted her. Yeah. Day one, she would have been like, whoa, this, this is what's going on with your life? I think I can help. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, they could have come together. This movie could have been a lot shorter if you just told Alice in day one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, honestly, right? Like, at, at the house, they're, they're just at the house. He comes clean and they're like, credits. Well, you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, Denny walks to the room of mirrors to lose her, and we fade to black for commercial break. I do very poorly in rooms with mirrors. Every time I'm in a fun house with that, that mirror hallway, I'm like a child that you drop in one of those mirror hallways, and I just run straight <laughs> into the mirrors every single time. I probably would. It's just because like I'm taller than the children that have already run into the into the mirror. So I don't see all their face smudges all over it from smacking their faces uh, into yes, it. Yes, so I just yes. walk straight into it and create my own face smudge so the people after me know not to go there. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah, I'm doing my due diligence. <laughs> Late at night, after everyone has gone to bed, Allison and Cedric are walking around the stage with flashlights trying to figure out what happened earlier. Turns out, so are Brandon and Hunter. And meanwhile, Paul creepily watches them all from upstairs. All right, way to choreograph the fact that you're evil, Paul. Yeah, that was so suspicious. Come on. Next, we got another challenge, and every contestant has to use the wand of a famous magician. And of course, Danny gets Harry Houdini. Wonder if it's in Ollivander's original. Yeah, who gets the elder wand? I don't know. Maybe Allison when she proves her powers. <laughs> so they have to perform their magician's most renowned trick. Allison later finds Danny in the library studying the secrets of the mansion and actually asks for her help. Wow, growth. And of course, she's quick to being helpful as she immediately identifies a seal on one of his books. They grab all the books with that same seal and pile it to form serpents on the covers. I like these kinds of things. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Danny then finds the serpents on his map next to a new special symbol that they have to find to find the secret room in the mansion. It's all a little bit complicated, but it makes sense on the screen. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of leaps in logic here that they just, they're moving so fast that I didn't think about them very much. But I just feel like they went from knowing absolutely nothing to knowing exactly what they had to do really quickly. Yeah, it's, it, that's really what it seemed like. They're like, oh, this means this, and this, this is right next to this. Whoa, connected. Also, like the orientation of some of those books didn't make all that much sense either when they were putting it together to make the big picture. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Allison says she likes puzzles. You like puzzles too, Kelly. Yeah, I'm doing one right now. So the duo become a trio. As Cedric follows along while recording with his camera. You know, because the main thing about reality shows is to always keep the camera rolling. So you gotta take the camera guy along the dark, creepy hall. I don't like Cedric. I'm just gonna say it. He's just kind of there. Every time he speaks, I'd like him less. I'd rather just have a camera guy following them around silently. But here's the, like, with him there, this is how we get the, like, the quote-unquote found footage style scenes, and I really hate them. Um, the thing that really made me hate them, like, a lot, was the transitions between the uh, found footage and the regular style of filming this, because he's constantly putting the camera down, but when it switches back to the found footage, it's directly on them without a hitch. So they couldn't even keep that continuity going. Like, I wow. really did not enjoy that. And there, especially there's like a scene where he literally turns around. The camera is turned around. And then Danny turns around to talk to him. And that's shown in the found footage. And then he turns back around. So the camera was never pointed at him to get that shot of Danny. So I just, I didn't like that the, the found footage was just sprinkled in. It was not continuous at all. 
And I think this whole scene would have been a lot better if it just did not have any of the kids' footage or it was all the kids' footage. You know what I mean? Yeah, all or nothing because otherwise it's continuity nightmare because they just don't. They just don't pay attention. I, I, I like using the concept of found footage if it's done right. I'm a guy that, I like found fil- footage movies. Like those are my favorite scary movies. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't have a problem with found footage itself. It's just the constant jumps between the two during this scene in particular that made me hate it in this movie. It was pretty egregious. Anyway, the trio is scared by bats, but find the symbol on a door with a foreign language that Allison knows the meaning to somehow. Somehow. But again, we established that she's a know-it-all, so I guess that's how they validated their decision. Yeah. Thanks to Allison, they figure out how to open the door and continue their journey in the dark with the only light coming from the camera candles, and some torches. The door closes behind them and they enter a vault to the secret library of Mystic Max's mentor. Cedric touches some random object and the three are transported back to the main library because Cedric is just stupid. That vault was pretty cool though. Yes, I'd be a lot more freaked out about it if I were them that they just transported back somewhere. Yeah, I mean it... It makes sense that you said that they they filmed this in a in a bank because this is definitely just the safe deposit safety deposit box uh, room in the bank. Yeah, they didn't have to build anything probably. The first contestant Zoe is now performing her trick, pulling out rabbits from her top hat. Brandon goes next and makes a light bulb levitate. The light bulb levitating thing was the stupidest trick in the world because like it, it's obviously on a string and it's kind of just dangling there. They didn't have the light nearly low enough for that trick to be, like, in real life, to be anywhere near believable. And then he tries to do the thing with the ring where he shows that there's no string attached to it. But he's, like, the the ring never goes around the light bulb. He just, like, twirls it behind the light bulb. Nobody would ever fall for that. Oh, yeah, I, I personally didn't really care for any of these magic tricks in the movie. But it was done by teens, so... It's fine. I mean, this was not the most egregious magic trick to me. Obviously, most of this is helped by the magic of filmmaking. But there's one scene, it was the first trial where they had to do something with the basketball and the fish tank and everything. And, and the girl was doing all sorts of tricks with the ball behind a, a, a sheet. But there's a you can clearly see the ball is attached to some sort of a harness when she's moving it around. Like You can see the actual like pole holding up the ball multiple times throughout that trick. So it's just like, it, it, it's just funny to me when, when I caught these kinds of things. I never caught them when I was a kid, so I, it, it's clearly not <laughs> very obvious. But when I was watching it now, I saw it and it made me laugh. Yeah, it's just for kids, really. It's not, I'm not taking points away from the movie for that. I just thought it was funny. It was, it was. So for Danny's trick, he is, for whatever reason, convinced Brandon to come on stage wearing an elephant costume for him and makes him hide behind a red curtain. Danny intended to do a vanishing elephant trick, but while he's presenting, you hear Brandon screaming again. The curtain comes down to reveal Brandon riding an electric cow, while Hunter is on the floor wearing the butt half of the elephant costume. So he was somehow convinced to do this too. And Danny again looks alarmed and confused by his actions. As always, his signature look. Yes. Everyone is pissed, and Hunter demands he be kicked off the show for that. He also demands to know how Danny did it, but Allison chimes in with the classic, A magician never reveals his secrets. Hunter accuses Danny of having real magical powers because there's a lot of things we can't explain, like ESP and mind readers, and Cedric jumps in with, 
and Donald Trump's hair. Wow. If I could do a spit take, Michael, while watching this, I would. Kelly, me too. I was really shocked and irritated that Disney Channel had to remind me of that horrid man. I laughed so hard when that happened. I, I like, I let out just the, the a loud laugh. It was so funny to me. I was just, I just, ugh. What day does this come out? This, this comes out after Inauguration Day? Yeah, I shouldn't be thinking about Donald Trump's hair right now. Not anymore. But uh, no, this that was funny and also completely unnecessary. Completely. Completely unnecessary line. What kind of kid gives any sort of thought to Donald Trump's hair or lack thereof? The poor boy had no idea then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trauma aside, Allison changes her mind and says he might as well violate the magician's code and tell everyone how he did his trick so we all can move on. Danny admits he has no idea how he did it, and things just happen to him. Mystic Max walks in and says Danny is really learning how to play this game by declaring he has real paranormal powers. You're a wizard, Danny. Danny remains confused because he doesn't know how the mechanical contraption got on stage. One second, Brynum was saying he felt like a horse's rear end, and poof, there he was. Mystic Max says he'll get a bunch of experts to test his claim because, you know... He is president of the Worldwide Skeptic Society. Good for him. Mm, a rather good cover, if you ask me. Magicians really hate frauds. Mm, yeah, gotta sniff them out. A fade to and from commercial break later, Allison finds Danny in the secret library. Danny is starting to believe he does have powers and declares himself a freak. Three years ago, Danny manifested a skateboard under his feet after staring at it in the window and once made a bully disappear after wishing him to get lost. Danny is really freaked out, doesn't have any friends, and is afraid of the experts either declaring him a fraud or finding his powers and making him a lab rat. <laughs> Allison informs him she can at least relate to being the outcast, and maybe all Danny needs is just one person to believe in him. And she can be that, if that's what he wants. She grabs his hand and tells him he's got nothing to lose, and the experts might be able to finally give him the answers he needs. Well, this was nice seeing them, like, get along for a minute. Yeah, it, it was nice that they got along. But this was supposed to be, like, the emotional point of this movie, I think. It had zero impact on me at all. Like, I, I it just, none of it landed with me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Allie did all the work, really. Yes, Yes, and, and I will talk about that later. But yes, she did a lot of good work here. You know, um, she was in the hospital with uh, back pain after this movie. From carrying all this weight? Yeah. <laughs> nice, good one. Of course, all these experts all look a bit eccentric as they ask Danny some basic questions. After asking Danny to calm down and focus... He closes his eyes and starts levitating. Mystic Max makes him get up and shows the crowd that this chair was a famous levitating chair. And Danny is not a levitating boy. He was a bit, uh, bit much here. I felt bad for Danny. Like, way to out him as, like, a fraud when he's not. Yeah, right. So Allison goes chasing after assaulting Danny again. Allison thinks he lied to her, but Danny insists that's so not it. Mystic Max is out to get him, but Allison isn't buying it. She's pissed he made her look like a fool to prove she's not as smart as she thinks. And Danny yells at her to get over herself because this has nothing to do with her. Sure. Yikes. Get over yourself, Danny. 
Yeah. Allison tells him to tell someone who cares and walks off. Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, they yell each other a lot. And I totally forgot about this dynamic. The, yeah, I didn't. I, I'd hate this dynamic, first of all. But that was a all-time yes. comeback from Allison here. Yeah, really. Oof. Back to interview Allison, talking about how losing a friend didn't mean she was going to lose her job. Okay, but they never seemed like actual friends the entire time. So is it really that much of a loss? No. <laughs> and and even if they were friends, they're brand new friends. It's it's nothing. It's like the friends you make at like summer camp. You go home, you never speak to them again. Not even like summer, like the like a really short week camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a, a school field trip where you have to interact with kids from other schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lakeside. Yeah, there you go. She tells the camera that from here on out, Danny and I are going to be all about the show and nothing else. Oof. Kind of seemed like that's how it was before, but okay. And there's nothing wrong with that being how it is. Not everyone has to be your friend. Nope, that's true. Back to Mansion Allison, who was drawing ugly faces on photos of Danny because this is Disney Channel. <laughs> Yep. You gotta always bring us back to your G rating, don't you, Disney? Make me feel like a kid by showing me teenagers acting like children. Yeah. Her and Cedric go back to reviewing the tapes of Danny's first trick, and they notice what can clearly be seen when it was originally shown. The doves just appear out of thin air. Yeah. If Cedric says, insert movie title here, now you don't. <laughs> Fascinating. Danny's not a magician. He's a wizard, Allison proclaims. Someone better get him a school transfer stat. Once again, Alice goes to the secret library to find Danny, but no luck this time. She then goes through a secret hall and sees Mystic Max talking to Danny through a vent. Mm. Eavesdropping. Mm -hmm. Like any great producer would, she pulls out her camcorder and starts recording like she's on The Bachelor. <laughs> Mystic Max admits to believing Danny has powers and him being president of the Skeptic Society is his perfect cover, since he too is a true wizard. And clearly not a bad guy. Nope, definitely not. He created this magic show hoping it would lure in at least one more real wizard. Mystic Max says he was just like Danny until he found his mentor, Antonio de Milo. Antonio de Milo. He shows Danny his power by making the knights on the table move with poor CGI. Danny makes the other knight move and the knights start battling each other. At some point, the knights look to be bigger on one camera angle than the other. One of the knights throws their weapon right back, right by Mystic Max, and Danny apologizing, says, saying it could have killed him. Um, I don't think that little thing could, but um, okay, this this scene was yeah, too that long. Tiny little mace, that's not gonna do no, much no. damage, bud. Maybe he'll lose an eye, but not his life. Yeah, thankfully they stop this poor CGI scene, and Mystic Max gives Danny a special magic ring that will keep his powers in check, and with that, sends him off to bed. Oh, yeah, that room's gonna do something. Immediately after Danny walks out, Paul walks in through another door. Mystic Max says they have to keep a close eye on Danny, and as long as he has that ring on his finger, he will be in check. And oh, by the way, he can't remove it himself, and by this time tomorrow, his powers will be mine, just like Demilo before him. You gotta love it when villains love to remind each other of their evil plans right after villaining. Literally couldn't have written it out any clearer what's going on. Like, that was wild. Yeah. Allison runs to Danny's room to tell him what she heard, but Paul stops her, saying she should be in bed. She runs off, and do the rooms not have phones? Does she not even have a cell phone where she can text him? Like, 
Hey, <laughs> SOS. Apparently not. The next day, Allison finally reaches Danny and attempts to tell him the news, but yet again, Paul is creeping nearby. She has to talk to Danny alone, but he says, these guys are my friends. Wait, so you have friends now? <laughs> Immediately after you realized that the powers are true? After the skeptic society publicly called you a fraud in front of everyone? Hey, this guy's nuts. And who who exactly are his friends? Who, who are they? Like, who who's he calling his friends? The other people from the show? I do not know. It's it, it's so... Since when? It's so strange. Suddenly you have a ring and friends, and for the first time in forever you feel like a normal kid? It does not make sense. Yeah, and then you lash out on the one person that was nice to you before? Yeah. Allison says maybe that's not who you were born to be, and hits the camera away from her. Oh, jeez, diva. <laughs> Somehow Allison actually is able to talk to Danny alone. Is Paul really gonna let that slide? <laughs> he took a break. He's just like, all right. He was grabbing lunch. <laughs> Allison alerts Danny of what happened after Danny left Mystic Max, but Danny won't believe her, or, well, doesn't want to. Why would, after all this time, she, she lie to him? Luckily, she does have proof, right? Yeah, she's got that big ol' uh, camcorder. Yeah. She runs into Miss McAllister and tells her she has proof that Danny and Mystic Max are both sorcerers. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Mystic Max walks in and wants to see the tape. He puts it in the tape player himself, obviously using his powers to sabotage it, because all that comes up is static. You see, now, I don't know if we're supposed to believe that this is his powers, or maybe this is a hint that it's not magic powers and it's actually more illusions and stuff. Because if we learned anything from one of my favorite films from 2019, Knives Out, all you need is a magnet over some film, and it completely erases it. So he, you watch him just run his fingers over the film that, he hand, that she hands him, and then magically it's gone. He has magnetic fingers. Yeah, he has Magneto. Possibly. So, Allison goes frantic when the static comes up and declares Mystic Max is an evil sorcerer. Oof. Evil. Miss McAllister assumes Allison is just overworked and Danny won't back her up. Mystic Max thinks the next best thing is for Allison to go home and rest. As the camera closes in on her before we fade to black for the next commercial break, I'm noticing that her outfit is so strange and very 2000s. Everything about this movie screams 2000. The blue tank top over the green t-shirt and giant butterfly necklace, like, that was a look. A look I would never want to wear. Danny is the walking embodiment of the early 2000s. <laughs> Danny goes after Allison asking how he was supposed to believe her, especially when he's been so happy lately. Lately as in the last few hours? Yeah. Since you got the ring? And you were sleeping for most of that? Buddy, it ain't even been a day. <laughs> no. As Allison heads to her trolley, she looks back to Danny and tells him his last great trick was making his only ally disappear. Burn. Ooh. Yikes. Yikes, buddy. On the trolley, Allison starts to look like she's onto something as her voiceover narration kicks in and tells us she's onto something. Is she now? She looks up to Milo on the computer and finds out he was killed during a magic trick gone wrong. And she finds a funeral photo of him in his casket, showing him with the same ring that Danny is currently wearing. Whoa. Alright, alright, now, 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 here's the thing, here's the thing, alright? You might think that the ring 
is the shocking part about this. The more shocking thing is that she describes his death as, was it not his skull being crushed by something dropping on top of him? Yeah. Very morbid, yes, for a Disney Channel original movie especially. But they literally show his funeral photo. There's not a scratch on the guy. How do you get from crushing your skull to just completely fine laying in an open casket? So what you call a plot hole? I, I'd call it another plot hole, Kelly, not just a plot hole. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Back to interview Allison, not to be confused with voiceover Allison. She's telling us that she needs to get back to the Magic Mansion to warn Danny, then pulls Adora and asks us how. Just kidding, it came off as more of like a rhetorical question, but like very closely related to Dora. <laughs> yes. Back at the mansion, a package for Danny arrives, and of course, Allison was hiding inside of it. And that's how she sneaks in. Mystic Max assures Danny that they are in this together. Danny's so gullible, too. Yeah, he is. It's annoying. Anyway, during Brennan's mediocre magic performance, Allison tries to sneak around backstage, but Hunter catches her. He tries to kick her out, but she wants to show him a little trick she calls Make My Problem Disappear, <laughs> which features her running into the Hall of Mirrors, which naturally Hunter will get lost in looking for her. Brilliant but move. soon escapes to warn Mystic Max. Hunter's a regular old suck-up, too. <laughs> yeah. Gets a little bit of power, goes crazy. That is very true for him. Yeah. So Allison finds Danny and shows him the picture of DeMilo's dead body with, with the ring on his finger. Danny doesn't care and refuses to take off the ring because he doesn't want to go back to feeling isolated and lost. Really? You can't just, like, prove to her really quick that you can take it off yourself? You're just gonna be a jerk about it? Okay. I feel like acknowledging the fact that he had powers made him feel better and he might not just... He just doesn't need the ring. I don't know. Someone should have explained that to him. Yeah. Maybe he just needs a therapy session, not a magical ring. A couple of therapy sessions. Allison is really begging now, saying Mystic Max doesn't care about him, but she does. I wish they could have given us more of a friendship to cling on to here. It would make this scene and a lot of others more emotional, instead of Danny just continuously seeming to not deserve Allison's care. Kelly, it would have gone a long way. <laughs> really would. It's time for Danny's performance. And he plans to levitate a thousand pound weight over his head. Of course it has to be a dangerous act that could kill him easily. Yeah, buddy, don't ease your way in. Just go straight into the levitating a thousand pounds directly over your head. Yeah, why not? He struggles to lift the weight and then Mystic Max touches his bow tie and suddenly Danny can lift it. Danny succeeds in levitating the weight over him, but then Danny seems shocked on how high it continues to go up. As he goes for the bow, the weight comes crashing down, but thanks to Allison screaming to look out, he's able to dive out of the way. He then scrambles to take off his ring, finally starting to believe her, but like she said, he can't remove it himself. He really tries, though. Mm-hmm. Mystic Max steps on stage to make a joke of his near-death experience to the crowd, saying they might need a stronger stage. Wow. Good one. Then instead of making sure Danny's okay, he tells the crowd they should give him another chance to do another trick. Um, how about no? Yeah, he kid nearly just died. Shouldn't his parents in the audience try to stop him? You'd think. Danny says he knows what he did to DeMilo, and Mystic Max brushes it off. Cedric brings out a box saying it's a special delivery for him. Obviously, Allison is hiding in this box, and Mystic Max sure knows it as he starts putting swords through it. Oof. That would have been some nasty stuff going on there. It would not have been a G-rated movie. Definitely not. Danny announces like every magician, he needs a beautiful assistant. Another sword in and you hear Allison scream. Danny runs to open the box, but she's gone. Danny says good help is hard to find these days and 
Miss Sigmax tries to get him to do a trick again. Just then, there's a knock coming from the box and... It's Allison in a purple dress? Huh, she wasn't wearing that before. Nope. How did Danny do that if his powers are, quote unquote, in check? Also, why did he do it? Is Mystic Max up for a challenge? I'm not sure, because when Allison removes Danny's ring from behind his back, Mystic Max looks back angry. I mean, I don't know why he's even a little threatened by Danny. He doesn't know how to do anything. Really, he doesn't know. Danny announces to the audience that Mystic Max has agreed to join him in his final act. Mystic Max tells Danny, and only Danny, because of course the audience can't hear, that his powers will soon be his, and Danny thinks he can handle it because obviously he has already learned to harness his powers. Clearly, because he came to a realization, and that means he has complete control over himself. Correct. Mystic Max sends Danny flying into the air, and Allison shouts out to him to use the ring against Max. Danny flies down and somehow throws the ring onto Mystic Max's finger. Oh, God. In a cloud of smoke, Max disappears and Danny bows to the crowd. The camera pans out to reveal interview Allison was watching this scene on her screen. Uh, I don't know why she wanted to go back and watch it. It's probably one of the worst scenes in the Disney Channel original movie. That scene of him throwing that, that ring down onto Homeboy, that, that was terrible. That was quite bad. Allison informs us that Paul must have taken the ring off Max for him because every single show tape had mysteriously disappeared. Well, they're never going to financially recover from that mess up. This was a TV show. <laughs> but then someone managed to make them mysteriously reappear in her room, and so she cut up the footage for us. How nice of her. She also reveals that Danny is hiding and trying to gain control of his powers because Max is still out there. Also, oh, now he doesn't know his powers. Okay. I just, it, it's all over the place, Kelly. She says she doesn't know where he is, and then her popcorn bowl starts floating. And we get that weird transportation animation again. She screams and asks us how she got here. Denny runs up behind her in a top hat and says, Magic. I hate that. Then he puts his arm around her, saying a good magician never reveals his tricks, then throws his hat towards the camera for it to cut to black as he gets closer to Allison. The credits roll at, as Do You Believe in Magic plays once again with more screen grabs of the movie on the screen. I can't stand this. <laughs> yes. As nice as that ending was, Michael, I again think it would have been had made more of an impact if it showed a bit more of a functional friendship between Danny and Allison instead of her constantly trying to be his friend and him constantly yelling at her to leave him alone. I'm so glad he calmed down in the end and realized she was right and a great person, but that ending was just like, oh, okay. Um, yes. Kelly, I had a tough time with this movie. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's weird uh, how you remember things. <laughs> I it, I remembered enjoying it as a kid. I couldn't stand it watching it now. I mean, first of all, way too much Brandon screaming, alright? Every time he's up on that stage, he's screaming his head off. Couldn't take it. And then, and then at the end, he's screaming because he can't find his, I don't know, something for his hair or his outfit or something. I don't know. I didn't like the Brandon character. <laughs> and then... Let's talk about Danny for a second, all right? They couldn't have gotten, like, Andrew Lawrence or somebody to come back to play Danny. They got this early 2000s edgelord to just brood all movie long. He was he was by far my least favorite part of this movie, and every time he was on screen, I was like, God, I can't believe I liked this guy when I was a kid. It just made it very difficult to watch for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I was, I was very shocked rewatching this movie. Yeah. It was tough. Like, Danny's annoying me. Allison's 
kind of too much. Like, whoa, I forgot all of this. Wow, like really, really forgot. Yeah, Allison was probably the strongest acting performance in this, but the character oh, yes. at many times I did not like at all. Um, no, she was written to be very annoying. Yeah, clearly written to be very, very annoying. Um, one of the few saving graces of this movie for me was that every time the Sorcerer Pre- Supreme or whatever he is, uh, what's his name? Mystic Max? Mix- Mystic Max. Every time he was on screen, I for some reason my brain was like, oh, that's Count Dooku. And then it's like, no, it's not Count Dooku. That's discount Count Dooku. Um so that that like every time I saw him, I got confused for a second. Um, but yeah, I didn't even like him in this movie. So, you know, it was just tough, 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 tough. Yeah. Also, maybe I've just seen a lot more advanced magic since then. But I feel like most of the magic tricks were just OK in this movie, like for kids. How many times can you see a rabbit get pulled out of a hat or something disappear behind a sheet? Yeah. Let's talk it. D- Things disappearing behind like a curtain, that's a huge cheating like cop-out move. There's got to be like a trap door or they just run off stage left, you know, and there's a mirror making it look like nothing's going there. So like him trying to make the elephant disappear, I was like, come on, buddy. Everyone's going to see through that. Yeah, but still, but when I was a kid, I did find this really cool and became very fascinated with magic. I loved Googling how to do certain tricks and came up short most of the time. Yeah, no, I think this movie originated my fascination with magic and I owned like a little magic kit when I was a kid. But I don't know why, even as a kid, I enjoyed this movie because by all means, it was not something I remember thinking I would enjoy back then. But I I guess I did. I don't know. I guess we we were just like, oh, magic. Ooh, Ali from Ali and Asia. I think that's really how it was for us. I think so, too. So, Michael, compared to having the constant voiceover narration in Jump In... Do you like this technique of cutting to Allison's interview instead of voiceover, or you do, do you prefer the voiceover technique? I like the interview if they just made it make more sense. But who is she talking <laughs> to? Why is she talking to them? And how come she's detailing all of this stuff about this mystical, magical kid who, prior to this, was afraid he was apparently going to get tested on by the government? You know? So I, I didn't like the the integration of it but in theory i think it's a better alternative to narrating um but it it kind of still is narrating and it still does take you out of the story it would have worked a lot better if the whole thing was found footage like we were talking about in the beginning but it's not so you know t- take that as you will yeah disney channel wasn't ready to take that risk but so th- they were on a reality tv show and the last episode of the finale all the tapes were disappeared were erased so i feel like you know, to help her career and, like, let everyone else know what happened, you know, being a good investigative journalist, she just put it all together herself and to help everyone understand. She did a lot of narrating for the camera in between to piece it all together, and I felt like she was going to, like, try to give it to the Miss McAllister or any of the producers, the real producers, not the team producers. That would make sense, but there's just a lot of work for the audience to put all that together, you know what I mean? I didn't. I really didn't think it was a lot of work. I really think she was trying to just tell the story and put it out there because she was an aspiring team producer. I suppose so. I don't know. I didn't like the the movie itself. It was different, so it was entertaining in the way that it was like it was done a little differently. Mm-hmm. We got an interview in a more docu style instead of just the voiceover all the time. But yeah, overall, written pretty poorly. <laughs> Character's really annoying. Mm-hmm. They they all are. It's not just her. Yeah, well, now we've seen it, Michael. We have indeed. Well, 
Thanks everyone for tuning in. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review so we can improve and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ecom Central Pods. Feel free to follow us there and wear a mask. Okay, thanks. Kelly, did you see the outro I sent you earlier? Uh, oh, wait. Here it is. Now you see it. Dot, dot, dot.